welcome to the Vitality Coach Podcast with the Mojo Maker and host, Nikki Fogden Moore, the Vitality Expert, dedicated to helping you be the CEO of your life and your business with special industry and life leading guests. Top tips on how you can create that magic blend of healthy, wealthy, and wise for CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders, and people who do things with life. So welcome back, guys. I'm Nikki Fogden, the Mojo Maker. Episode 92 on the show today. And I want to thank everyone that has written in. It's certainly been a bit of a journey. We're heading up to 100 episodes, and I have learned so much along the way from, from guests and from my clients and also from listeners. You know, we've gone through some hilarious podcast quality, and now I get the luxury of being able to sit in my home office studio with a great mic uh, and a great set of questions from those of you that have been tuned into the show. Most importantly, I think on this episode as well, I just want to bring a little bit of reality into the play. We are so bombarded at the moment by goal setting and achievement and there's so many coaches and authors and consultants and entrepreneurs and the world is, you know, really thriving with ideas and opportunities to be our personal best and every so often I think it just gets too much and we're in this stage where it's just never enough and everywhere we look we see things on billboards and social media and in magazines about being our best selves and there's not much about just being and I think that's a really really important message today and so today's episode is really just sharing a little bit about how I just stop uh, and how I just practice the art of being present in a very very hectic life one that I choose to live I'm my own boss so I set my own hours I set where I live who I work with and um, the travel schedule which is sometimes ridiculous but I'm also really really aware that I'm human and I need to ensure that my vital ingredients to be able to sustain success and connectivity and add value to my clients depends on me being healthy, wealthy and wise. So today I want to give you some of my personal secrets or tools that I use to help reboot and to restore myself in daily practice when I know how hard we all work and how much we try and attain And there's nothing really more important than making sure that you have your own sense of peace and harmony in today's society, whether you're a leader in life or you're managing a business at home or just a family listening to this. This is really out there for all of you who are trying to do your personal best and feeling at the moment that you're overwhelmed and possibly in overdrive. So first of all, I think you've got to recognize the signs of um, knowing when you're just pushing it too hard and there's a really, really fun podcast that a friend of mine put me on to. It's called Soaring and Sobriety. And, and if you haven't listened to it, do have a listen. And he, he's he got a rather relaxed and wonderful way of talking. And he speaks about the five different types of people in the world. And the one of them he calls the zombie, which is the person that gets up in the morning and has something to eat and goes to work and has something to eat and has a sleep at their desk and has something else to eat and goes home and has something else to eat, then goes to sleep and does it all over again. And they're just living on autopilot. So not the kind of the flesh-eating zombies, but, you know, the hour-eating zombies where you're just really not aware of what's going on. I think if you get to a stage in your week where you look up and you can't even remember what you've been doing in your day, who you've been speaking to, what you've been working on, or even aware of your thoughts, then it's usually a sign that you're probably running on overdrive and you're doing too much. The second thing is that you are starting to run a little bit on adrenaline. So you're always busy and you're going from one thing to the other and you know, you're starting to feel a, a little bit tense. 
So not so relaxed and not so calm, but that you have to control everything and that there's never enough time and you're rushing from one thing to the other and you're really having to think harder about the most simplest tasks and you're probably forgetting a few things and you're getting irritated. So I like to talk about this when I go running with some of my clients. I call it the talk test. So when you're in your glide and you're in your aerobic zone in running or in life, you can kind of jog and still have a conversation and it's enjoyable and there's a two-way street happening and nobody's stressed out and, and you're kind of running on that 60 or 70% of your heart rate. It's the same thing in life. So if you're able to do your day and you've got time for your children and your colleagues and those that you work with and your clients and you're enjoying those conversations, you're probably in a really, really good spot in your life and your day and, and your energy levels. Now, when you start to work a little bit more on your adrenaline and you, you pick up the pace a little bit in the day and you're working 75, 80%, you notice that your answers become a little bit shorter. It's the same thing with running. When you pick up the pace and your heart rate gets higher, you don't really want to have long conversations with your running buddy and you're just kind of doing yes or no answers or shorter ones and you're really concentrating on putting one foot in front of the other and, and where you're going to. And that's kind of what happens when you start to get a little bit hectic in life and you're starting to put your foot on the accelerator and you're not really in control anymore. And then when you get to full throttle and you're getting in 90% of your heart rate and that is when you snap. That's when if someone asks you a question, you just say, stop talking to me right now and the smallest things irritate you. You know, you could be in traffic or you could be in the lineup for your coffee. You could be at the supermarket. Maybe a staff member comes in and wants to ask you a question and you just feel that you've just got no filter and the tiniest thing pushes you off edge. You know, your dog might be waiting to go for a walk and your child needs to come in and needs your attention and just those tiny things, they really throw you off and that's maximum, you know, sort of mind and heart rate is all up there and that's the same thing with running. So when we're running at our maximum capacity, we, we don't have space for conversation. We don't have space to, to glide. We're really on full throttle when our heart rate's high, we're at max capacity and that's what's happening when you hit overdrive in your day, when you hit overdrive in your weeks and your months and you're losing control and you feel like you're just sprinting from one thing to the next. This is the danger zone. You know, this is the rally of life and you don't want to go around blind corners and not have a game plan. And that's what I'm finding is happening is that there is just so much to do and there's never enough hours in the day. So you need to have a strategy. You need to have a personal strategy. And today's podcast is my personal strategy on what I do when I'm in overdrive, what I do when I'm running at 90% on my max heart rate and I get irritated and I see the signs and I know that I'm not slowing down, that I need to put the handbrake on and go, whoop, I need to put some vital ingredients back in my life. So here's my five vital ingredients for getting off overdrive and off autopilot and back in the driver's seat. Number one, recognize the signs and stop immediately. So catch yourself. If you've got snappy at your partner or you writing an email back and you're in a really, really kind of grumpy mood or you're applying to something or you're stuck in traffic and your road rage is elevating, recognize that something is not sitting right inside of you. So take accountability and awareness and go, hmm, I'm probably sitting in survival mode. I'm running on max capacity. And then the next thing is where can you take a moment just to stop and relax, even if it means turning your phone on silent, walking away from your computer, telling the person in front of you, hey, listen, I'm going to be back in a couple of minutes. And even if you may have to take yourself off to the bathroom or somewhere quiet, you need to do what I call as a nano break or a regroup. So really, really having a moment out. And it is a physical change of your environment. It means 
not making another phone call, not answering another email, not having another discussion. It means removing yourself from that situation and concentrating on bringing your breath back in. And I do this regularly. You'll notice I'm like, oh, I'm really getting anxious. I'm standing in the line for coffee and I'm starting to get grumpy at someone. That is really a sign that I have to address some time out from people or from a moment or anything else. So you've got your awareness and your accountability. Then you've got the action around that, which is taking a moment out. And the next thing is putting something vital in there, something nourishing. So it could be looking at your agenda and rescheduling. It could be really, really coming up with a game plan around creating space. One of the biggest problems we have is we're trying to fill every hour of the day and it's just not healthy to do that. When do you have space in your agenda? When do you have space just for yourself in that restorative moment in your day where you can just be? So no thoughts, no actions required, um, you know, not even huge amounts of meditation, but just totally being present. And the best way to do that is to count in for five and out for five and just listen to your breath. So the easiest way to come back into the moment is really just listen to your breath. Whether you're in a board meeting or your child is throwing a tantrum on the ground in front of you or a colleague hasn't delivered a proposal on time or you're waiting for something to come through a bank transfer, just breathe. So we all know to do it, but do we practice that regularly? The effects of great breath mean that you get more oxygen to your brain. Your body gets oxygenated as well. Very, very important for rejuvenation for your immune system. And it gives you an immediate sense of calm and clarity. And once you've done that, that tiny little restore, you can go back and think, what do I need to do next? So I always ask myself at times of overdrive, extreme stress, exhaustion, what is the next best thing to do? Whether I'm standing in a queue at the flight or I'm delayed somewhere or I've just got some news I didn't want to get, I ask myself, what is the next best thing to do? So accountability, recognizing the signs when you're stressed out and you're running on money to 100%, which we should never be doing all the time. You know, no great athlete trains in 100% every day. There's a difference between aerobic and anaerobic living. Recognizing that you can't always stay at that pace. Getting short with people, understanding you're not sleeping properly, um, getting anxious, getting fearful, reacting to things that are out of character and just becoming, you know, kind of like a rotten, grumpy version of yourself. And you know that you've got to come back in and do some personal work because the work is an inside job. And once you've done that, you take a moment out, you excuse yourself from the situation, you walk away from that, you do not put your hand back in the fire, you take a moment and you practice breath. Breathing in for five and breathing out for five. And it's, I tell you, it's not a wildly huge, massive meditation thing to do, but it's just so effective. And then you look back and you think, well, hold on a second, what else do I need to do this week to regroup what I'm doing? And I think that's really, really important. It's not only what we're doing during this time, but it's reshuffling things and understanding that as you reshuffle your week and as you're aware, what do you need to change in your regime? What things are vital? So what I do is I grab a piece of paper and I do four quadrants. The top left quadrant is the vital box. What absolutely has to happen? You know, the life-threatening, cannot negotiate, has to happen list. The next box on the right-hand side is the then box. Then what, need, what needs to be done? So then where does my attention need to go? What actions need to happen? Uh, what can I do after that? The bottom left-hand box is the next box. 
and the right hand bottom box is the if box is if this does not happen what will be the outcome because a lot of what we worry about is superfluous you know it's just this conversation in our head it doesn't actually mean it's a facts and stats situation so if there's stuff that's floating around your head that's causing you anxiety that's stressing you out it's really important to put it on paper the vital then next and f quadrant so top left hand side is vital right hand side is the then box bottom left hand side is the next box final right hand side bottom is f if you don't do something will it be a catastrophe take the pressure off yourself a little bit as well and I think what we do is we tend to want to be all things to all people because we get bombarded with having to have perfection. But life is about progress. It's about evolving. It's about understanding what your vital ingredients are. For me, I love a certain cup of tea, so I like the Madame Flavor Mint and Lavender Tea. I travel with that. Um, I need my hugs from Roxy Dog. I need my good friends around me. I need to pick up the phone to a girlfriend or a family member and just check in. I like that connectivity. You know, all those things that fill up my vibrancy and the element of mojo in my life. So if I've been too long without those things, I know that I'm not going to operate on my full capacity. The same thing has been in nature. So for me, getting to nature as much as possible on a daily basis is really, really crucial. So what are your vital ingredients? And do you have a game plan when you start to hit overdrive? I would love to love to hear about that. A couple of great other guests on my show that talk about that, of course, is Lane Beachley, Trevor Hendy about awareness. We've got our Ramadan, Chris Lockhead from Play Bigger, the authors, who absolutely put these things into practice. We can often be our own worst enemy. So make sure that you understand what activities you might be doing that could be sabotaging your performance because you're just running on overdrive all the time. So I'm just going to tell you also a little story about why this topic is, is really relevant for me at the moment. Um, if you follow me on Instagram or social media, you know my pictures aren't all about snazzy Tom Ford things and, and Range Rover Velars. It's it's a lot of beanies and, and Labradors and, and coffee and walks and all sorts of things that fill my day up. But, um, you know, I just moved into this new apartment by the beach and I had to, I like to have everything organized. I like to have boxes for each room labeled so that because my life is so busy, you know, I always feel don't do things twice. So I pack everything up and I put boxes on and I, kind of make sure that everything is then moved into the, the right room. Now someone moving with me decided that everything could go in one spot. So I had this complete OCD kind of aneurysm. I was like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. I have to work on Monday. We're moving. We're doing everything and I can't find anything. And I knew I was traveling that week. I had to pack for four different cities, three different locations, three different speaking and then coaching as well. So I really needed to have access to all my things. And because I'm so busy, I need to be organized. However, the control was taken out of my hands. And instead, there was just boxes everywhere. Nothing was in the right, the right place. And I was just having this internal freak out. Everything was grinding against my whole requirement for things to be organized. And I was in this overdrive. I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? We didn't have anywhere to sleep, so we had to sleep in the living room. And I knew that I had to get up the next morning and get on a plane and go and deliver at a conference. So I could either roll around and get upset about it, or I could go into pragmatic mode, which is pretty much what I did. So I took a break, I put some music on, I took myself away from the situation, I wrote a list of what I needed, and then I went and found that stuff. Because at the end of the day, getting upset about a situation is just going to antagonize what you're already feeling. The most important thing is your well-being, 
If you continue to stress about something and not take action around it, you're just putting more and more energy into the problem rather than productive energy into solving it straight away. So the question with yourself is, do I need to spend time stressing about this or can I just let it go? You know my mantra, think like a CEO, plan like a visionary, act like a Buddha. Is what is happening to me right now really the end of the world? Do I have all the facts and stats? What is it that I need to make a decision? That's the first thing, think like a CEO. Who can I ask? What information do I need? What am I missing? The second thing is plan like a visionary. Is what is happening to me really a big deal in the bigger scheme of things? Otherwise, let it go. We stress about the silliest of things. We stress about queues at petrol stations, you know, someone not having their coffee hot enough. The fact that these plastic bags being banned from supermarkets in Australia and everyone's up in arms about it because they forgot to bring a bag. I mean, all these superfluous things that really, really aren't life and death situations. If it's not that big a deal, let it go, be pragmatic. And the third thing is act like a Buddha. Throwing your toys out of the cot, getting stressed, letting steam come out of your ears, speaking badly to someone will only end up in a poor decision and poor behavior. So just chill out, take a deep breath and do those five breaths. Five breaths in, five breaths out. And really think, do I have the facts and stats? Is this really a massive issue that I'm going through? It's not my first rodeo. And secondly, how can I be calm and conscious in this decision? If you're listening to this, chances are you're pretty experienced in life. So this isn't your first rodeo, which means it's time to stop putting stress as the button and start putting yourself back in the driver's seat and getting out of survival mode. So I hope these little tips help you make some changes, some very, very, very subtle changes. They really, really work. Be accountable, pause, be aware of what your triggers are. Take action, take a deep breath, remove yourself from the situation. Put the phone down, step away from your emails, or say to the person that you're talking with, I'm just going to be back in two minutes. Be calm and conscious and have perspective. And then regroup. What do you need to change? What things are vital on your list this week? What do you need to do then? The next in F boxes. It's so important to not let yourself be on autopilot. And as Soren and Sobriety says, no more zombie mode. So make sure that if you're feeling you're exhausted, you're overwhelmed, you're not making good decisions, you're getting triggered by little things, you've got a short temper or a short fuse, or you feel that you're just really exhausted, listen to your body, back in the driver's seat, take some time out, and give yourself some vital ingredients to be in charge. It takes a split second to make a good decision or a split second to make a bad one. And only person that can do that is you. So remember, guys, lots and lots of tips are on the vitalitycoach.com.au website. Really excited to bring some new guests into the show with some practical tips and tools on how they create a life that they want and how they find their glide in high performance and the mishaps that happen on the way. And also, I love the fact that you're so engaging. I really appreciate the messages. I'd love the reviews on iTunes. And you know that you can get Fitpreneur and Vitality, the book, on Amazon and Booktopia. If there's anything that you'd like me to talk about in the up-and-coming season as we head into 100 episodes, please send me a message. Just leave a comment or email nikki at thevitalitycoach.com.au. As always, you need to be in the driver's seat for life. So remember, the trifecta is being the CEO of both business and your personal life and staying healthy, wealthy, and wise. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this little Top Tools episode 
how you can find your glide and my top tips on going from stressed to seamless success. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we'd love your review on iTunes, or you can jump online to thevitalitycoach.com.au. For more from Nikki, to sign up for the Monday Mojo and the Vitality Coach TV on YouTube.